This podcast is brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within federal, state, and local government agencies. Hello, I'm Eric Chabra of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group, and I'd like to welcome Brett Hartman, Chief Technology Officer of RSA, the security arm of storage and security provider EMC. Hartman also is an EMC fellow. Thanks for taking time to chat, Brett. Thanks, Eric. Glad to participate. RSA has two research centers, RSA Laboratories and and the RSA Anti-Fraud Command Center. Please tell us about some of the innovative research going on at these labs and what kind of new security technologies can we expect to see in six months, a year or two out? It's a hugely interesting time to be be working in this area. Uh, On the labs front, there's quite a bit of work going on in, in terms of thinking about the cloud in particular. Challenges that we see now is just so much just an increasing adoption rate in terms of people thinking about the cloud, really a huge change over the last year. And in particular, thinking about the hybrid cloud, how do we take organizations, infrastructure that may sit in the data center and little by little translate it off into those public clouds so we typically have a mixed environment. One example, just one of several in in the labs area, is thinking about how we expand in the notion of geolocation. turns out that when you move things to the cloud, you lose the concept of what applications and what data is where. But it turns out for risk management and compliance purposes, knowing where a piece of data is on the planet turns out to be really, really important especially if you don't want to violate laws, say, or uh, you want to deal with regulatory compliance. So one of the things is some clever new approaches for geolocation to determine just what is running where on the planet to make sure it is, in fact, compliant. On the fraud and command center side, the challenge there is always trying to stay one step ahead of the bad guys. Uh, boy, and that's uh, there's a never-ending list of, of threats that are out there. I think, in general, the, the the broad categories as we think in particular about this concept of advanced persistent threat, which is definitely the, the buzzword of the day. What are techniques that we can do better in terms of, number one, detecting those advanced persistent threats are even there, and number two, how do you remediate against them, you know, which are huge challenges. So that, that gives you an idea of a, of a couple different areas of focus. You're talking about geolocation. What, what are your scientists looking at as you explore not only this, but other areas of changes within the way computing is done to make sure they're secure? The primary focus in terms of the, the change there as we think about this, this emerging hybrid cloud model is how do we have a basis of trust? How do we have a basis of assurance in terms of what's running? Is it adequately protected? Do dealing with things like multi-tenancy issues of who else might be co-located with, with my code? So they're all variations on the same theme of how do I trust this new environment? How do I have visibility in terms of what's running? where it's running, and am I comfortable with it? So the notion of visibility control compliance on the cloud turns out to be quite important. So that spans a number of different areas. It expands things like knowing the identities, the authentication, um, information-based security, uh, collecting of logs, governance, risk, and compliance, and as I described before, geolocation-based policies as an example. All those, at the end of the day, they need to fit together in terms of what, what you might call a secure chain of trust. How do you establish a secure chain of trust from from hardware, from that bare metal hardware, through BIOS, through the operating system, through the virtual virtual layer, through the application stack, all the way up to be able to tie all those different security mechanisms that exist at every single layer in the stack? How do they tie together to give you that secure chain of trust? And then how do you measure how secure that is? That, I think, is the goal we have to address. Is this a different way of thinking about security, or has this been a way security has always been thought about? Well, 
think in a way it's a, it's a natural evolution. The thing that makes it different as we think about this kind of cloud model is that the notion of physical control, of course, goes away. So when an organization has something running in their data center and it's their employees that are that are running it, you have a basic level of trust that you have, you know, brick walls and barbed wire fences surrounding your data center. People enter the data center with badges. It's relatively static in terms of what they built and what's installed. So this notion of trust is you know, much more fewer degrees of freedom. So as you move into this model, you need some new tools. So all the same tools that we have are still there, but you need some new ones. Part of the whole point of, of the cloud is the fact that it's such a, a dynamic and flexible model. That's why it's so valuable. You can save a lot of money that way. But that dynamicism and flexibility comes at a cost of potentially increased risk. It's still your classic Security 101 defense in depth argument that we've had forever, but we're applying it to a new set of technologies. Obviously, a lot of people would be worried about putting some sensitive data on a public cloud. Is that a kind of concern that might go away three, five years from now, or is that something you think will be around for a long time? You mean the notion of a public cloud? The notion that of the security of a public cloud, that people would be worried today about putting sensitive information on a public cloud. Is technology evolving to the point where that may not be quite of a concern, say, two, three, five years from now? I certainly believe that, that, that the concerns in terms of can I trust the public cloud, I think those concerns will diminish as technology vendors like RSA, you know, fulfill that requirement. And as we embed security into the stack, as we're doing, for example, as part of why we're part of EMC and doing things like our VMware Cisco EMC Alliance, among you know, many other activities. So I think really the thing to recognize there is that the notion of trust differs depending on your requirements. I mean, if you're thinking about, I don't know, a consumer-based application, versus a healthcare application versus something that uh, processes classified data. There are, of course, the requirements for trust are far different in those environments, and the security mechanisms are different. So I think part of the challenge is that people view it as black or white, either I trust that cloud service or I don't. And just like any other information systems, it all depends on what you want to use it for and what's your tolerance for risk. So I think what we're seeing as we meet with different service providers is that different service providers are targeting at different levels of assurance that depending on, for example, is this for, you know, a particular uh, part of the federal government, right? Is this focused on, I don't know, something around, um, say, the education system or dealing with health care, right, and what countermeasures need to be in place there versus, say, an intelligence system or an operational system for one of the military services. As a result of more and more of those specific offerings, absolutely the concern will diminish, just like every single new technology that comes down the pipe. Now, there are concerns in terms of risk. Do we have the, is it mature? Do we have the right controls in place? And I think like, just like every one of those, I think technology will definitely be there to address those requirements. Let's talk a little bit about the advanced persistent threat. What are the main challenges of dealing with that? They're, of course, huge. The definition of advanced persistent threat is that the fact that it is targeted at individuals. And it's so insidious because the malware that makes it through into your system, whether that's sitting on, say, your laptop or on a server, very difficult to detect. And the actual exploitation of that malware may not take place for a long time, if ever, uh, becomes becomes challenging. It's not like something that just blasts through the front door and deletes your hard drive and you know, or attempts to, right? It, it's very, very pernicious and very narrowly focused. 
part of the challenge around advanced persistent threat is, again, it's defense in depth, but it's first of all recognizing that those countermeasures we put in place to prevent that advanced persistent threat to infiltrate the system are just by definition less and less effective. The fact that the complexity of the stack is so great, there's so much code, it's impossible to get rid of every last vulnerability that exists in that stack. They, they just We just see it over and over again. As long as people keep writing code and making patches and making multi-million line application stacks, there will be vulnerabilities and some small percentage of APTs will get through. And so what that means, especially in APTs, is the shift of emphasis less so, it doesn't go away, but less so on infiltration and more so in terms of detecting an exploitation, trying to prevent it if possible, but even if you can't prevent it, then trying to do something about it so it doesn't happen again. That's hard because it's so targeted. The fact is that when you move to that exploitation, chances are that's going to look a whole lot like typical application access. You know, if it's an exploitation, say, if we're talking about moving money or, say, accessing somebody's uh, patient record, it may not be that much different than what a, what a human being would do. So part of the trick in an APT is to, I, I think, being able to tie different sources of evidence up and down the stack together to have a higher degree of confidence that this is truly an exploitation and not just something that a typical user is doing. Is there a shift in thinking in developing security technology that there is a certain acceptance that somehow bad things or bad guys will get into systems, but what needs to be done is if they do to just deal with that? I think so. Now, I know this is a very difficult thing to be able to accept, uh, and particularly, of course, as you get into military, the military domain, that's a a really tough thing to, to be able to deal with. The fact that the security isn't black and white, it never has been, right, but the idea that you have this concept of absolute security and you have the countermeasures in place. The fact is that, again, as I mentioned before, the systems are so complicated that you never can be sure. You know that there there, there is some certain amount of penetration. And, of course, that was always true. There's always risk of whatever, espionage or insider attack. I mean, there are always, always those issues. But I think what we realize much more now, I think, than we did is that there are effective countermeasures that can deal with these notions of kind of the, the, the shades of gray with respect to security. And really the way to deal with those shades of gray is to have a more behavioral approach, have a more dynamic way to look at security rather than say, okay, you authenticate, either you're a good guy or a bad guy. You do your best, but you keep looking at people's behavior even once they're through that initial authentication check. Constantly look at how they behave each time to determine, do I trust this person? Are they starting to do something that's maybe a little wacky that maybe I don't trust it as, as much as I did five minutes ago? That notion of managing risk and looking at behavior, I think, in fact, makes it perhaps more acceptable to say, okay, we have bad guys that might be in the system, but at least we're watching them every minute to and hopefully detecting them before they do anything too bad. That's a big change. Thanks, Brett. And thank you. I've been speaking with Brett Hartman, Chief Technology Officer at RSA. I'm Eric Chabra of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by GovInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.govinfosecurity.com.